welcome back for episode three of Not To Be Technical with your lovable hosts, Charlie, Gary, and of course myself, Nafis, Rhymes With Office. So let's get started. Uh, Charlie, could you go ahead and give us a quick high level of what we should be expecting today? Absolutely. So this is our fourth recorded episode, calling it episode three, of course, as we always do. But today we're going to bring you some of the latest news that's been trending. A lot's been going on this past week, so I think we got some exciting things to share. Uh, as well, we're going to get into one specific com- or topic rather that is submitted by uh, a listener of ours. And so we really do sub- Ooh, appreciate mysterious. that. Yeah, a mysterious uh, listener, actually, one that wants to remain anonymous. They don't want credit for the topic, so we'll get into that. But on that note, uh, you know, this is our first week we've been publicly promoting the podcast. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback, a lot of love from you guys. Our Instagram, at not to be technical, has gotten a lot of traction there. So we really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It means a lot. And everyone just loves Gary. I mean, no one will stop like talking about. Oh, Gary. I don't know about that. I don't know. Oh, I do. That. I know. I feel all like about you, it. you guys are totally gassing me up. We're not Gary. I, I literally, I think there was this one guy that just said to me, like, "Dude, I just get Gary. Like, Gary's my guy on the podcast. Like, Gary is just me." And oh, I mean, I appreciate that. This is true. This is true. Office was there. Office was there for this comment. But yeah, so Gary, what's up with you, my man? What's going on? Uh, not too much. Uh, it's another uh, boring week in public accounting been trying to hit up some more restaurants now that I'm fully vaccinated. So I'm enjoying things going back to normal a little bit. That's kind of nice. Believe you guys are fully vaccinated as well, correct? Wow, really just putting all our information out there, Gary. You know, vaccinations yeah, yeah, are quite a device. Yeah, what's your, topic what's your vaccination record? What's your record number, by the way? I need to know that. Uh, I believe it is... In order to hang out with you. Mine's 1337. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. 1337. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a very nerdy joke. If anyone gets that, no one's made that joke in years. Elite. Uh, but no, well, I am Pfizer gain. Uh, but one thing, Gary, I don't even, you didn't even ask that, but I, I just had to flex it, you know? I mean, Gary, are you Pfizer gain too, actually, now that we're talking about I it? I am Pfizer gain. Oh, let's Probably. go, gang, gang. All right, wow. We're just, we're so aligned here. But, Gary, one thing to be excited about now that you're vaccinated, I don't know if you heard about this. Amheiser Bush says if we meet, apparently Biden has this goal for um, how many people in the US get vaccinated by July 4th. Like, there, I, I don't know what the goal is, but there's a goal. And if we hit it, they have committed to giving every American a free beer if we hit this goal. Wow. So, isn't that crazy? You get a little Bud Light, a little, little buzz wow. going. They do call so, me two beer and off. So just one more and I'll be out here. Who has called you that ever? No one has ever called you two beer and off. No one's ever said this, that. This guy holds the record for most like self-proclaimed nicknames, I feel like. You definitely do. Nicknamed I definitely off. call myself. Yeah. Two beer and off. That's from me. Yours truly. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I mean, it's a good name. Start. It, it does. It does flow. I mean, it's better than office rhymes of office. Actually, that's not. I mean, you say that anytime you meet someone, you say office rhymes of office. It's just like we're. You know, this is the first time I've said it on the podcast. Is it really? It is. I went back and listened to the other ones, and I didn't say it. That's honestly amazing to me because that is. <laughs> yeah. Those are like the first words that came out of your mouth when I met you as well. Yeah, oh, most Charlie has heard me say it a thousand times easily. <laughs> I, I think that's honestly a true statistic. There with this free Bud Light, right? 
So there's a couple things here that kind of perplex me with this. One is I think that's great when companies are, you know, promoting this and, you know, trying to get everyone healthy. Like, I, I think it's a good move, like from a PR stance, right? Where I get a little concerned is the people where they're on the fence about getting vaccinated and, and whatever your, your view is on vaccinations, that, that's neither here or there for like what I'm discussing here. More so like if you are on the fence and this Bud Light is what pushes you over the fence to make the decision, that's very concerning to me. I, I think you need to have some different priorities over a single Bud Light. So it, it's literally just a single bottle of beer. It's not even like a six pack. How, how does something? it get distributed is what I'm Yeah, this seems like a logistical like nightmare. Single. I don't, yeah, I didn't even know I could buy a single Bud Light. Like I could buy maybe a, a craft beer mix and match or something, but I don't think I've ever seen just like a single... Bud Light on yeah, the Yeah, I mean, this might be some type of stretch goal. Like maybe it's uh, a little tough, like this stretch goal here that to, to hit this. Who knows? But I mean, can it be a Bud Light Platinum as well? Like, can we make it a little stronger? Ooh. Man, I, I wish I had more details here, guys. It sounds like this would push maybe you guys a, over maybe the Maybe a Bud Light Chelada. I, I'm, I'm getting vaccinated again. <laughs> Do you guys know about Bud Light Chelada? <laughs> no, Gary, please tell. No, it's Yeah, I think it's like tomato juice flavored or something. It's supposed to be like a Bloody Mary. I don't know. Oh, a Chelada man, is a drink. Bloody Marys. Oh. I do as well, but I just love the the commercial for it. It's like a, this commercial in Spanish, and it's la única cerveza con auténtico clamato. Oh my god, you memorized a little it? Spanish for the Spanish speakers. That, yes, I still I remember can't it. Equal. Then there's there's another example of an ad campaign that worked on me, even though I didn't buy it, but I uh, remember. All right, well now I'm definitely thinking about buying that. I'm thinking about getting vaccinated again, like Nafis. But I did see this stat, which kind of supports kind of my um, concern for certain Americans that this pushes over the edge. So Krispy Kreme, and there's been a bunch of companies doing this. And like I said, I think it's a good move, like a PR move. Krispy Kreme had a promotion for like a free donut if you're vaccinated, right? So I don't know how well that worked across the country, but in the great state of Oklahoma, which I have never seen a listener of our podcast from yet, so I, I feel comfortable saying this, we've had 1% increase in vaccine rates because of this promotion attributed to this Krispy Kreme promotion. Now, 1% doesn't sound like a lot, right? But when you're talking about the population of a state, that is huge. That is a lot of people that said, you know what? I don't know, but this free Krispy Kreme donut, I need to go get vaccinated. One thing I want to know, how do they track this 1%? I was going to say, where is this attribution do they from? Say, okay, this many people came in and cashed in their vaccines for donuts. Krispy Kreme uh, was and, like, and, you and know, that's just... the 1%. Because it could have been people that were going to get the vaccine anyway. And then they were just like, oh, there's a free donut as well, you know, to be fair. So excellent point. What I would say is there's some marketing company out there, some agency that Krispy Kreme has signed on. I don't know who they are, some big aim, I'm sure. And they came up with this idea, like, you're going to do this and there or maybe someone internally there that works on marketing who knows what they do is they find some type of data to tell the story they want to tell whether you're the agency or the marketing person there and so they probably found this increase in vaccination rates since the launch of this promotion they figured out some crazy formula to get it back to one percent that is interesting and, and that's how you have news stories that are promoting this now i don't know exactly how they got there i didn't dive too deep there might be that information out there but almost always you get some type of data and the story is able to be told. I just love that there's somebody out here whose job it is to create this attribution model for Krispy Kreme donuts and vaccinations. Like this is a real thing and that they are getting paid to do this. I mean, they're adding value to society. We're talking about it right now. It was an yeah. interesting article, right? Very interesting. People are getting vaccinated, healthier, getting donuts for free. I mean, 
it's a win-win. So yeah, it kind of counteracts it. But yeah. yeah, so I would say here, free beer for everyone. Keep an eye out for that. If we hit this goal, whatever the goal is, you know, good luck, America. Well, cheers with a Bud Light, everyone's favorite beer. Yeah, I'm not too, not too fond of Bud Light, but I'll take a free one. There you go. So Nafis, how the hell are you, bud? You know, I'm having a fantastic week. Um, I've got to say I'm probably running on a high from, you know, just, you know, putting the podcast out there. You know, my love language is definitely words of affirmation. So everyone's outpouring of love there really is just, you know, making my head super big. But I'm thinking about one person right now off the top of my head. Um, He's the same person that loves you, Gary. Um, He's a colleague we work with. uh, And he gave us a compliment, but it was definitely sort of a backhanded compliment. You know, it was more of a, hey, I didn't think you guys could really talk like that or talk that good. And I was like, thanks, man. And then I really reflected on it. I was like, dude, we've worked together for like four years, man. And nearly <laughs> That's the thing I kind of know. <laughs> yeah, I was there for that comment. So that comment was uh, towards Novice and myself, obviously, because we worked together. It was a very nice compliment at first, but then we both were like, hmm. No, I, I don't know. Like, But I did say to him back, well, if we didn't have anything more than generic, boring office banter with one another, maybe you would have known that. Uh, I don't know if that was a good Whoa. comment back. Ooh. Yeah, but that's the, that's the type of guy he Man, is. I feel he like you kind of went a little too yeah. serious with that. Yeah, we're going to fight in the would, office. I feel like he gave you a friendly jab. And then <laughs> uh, back with you the you don't know this guy. It's just, you know, he's a great guy. I love him. You know, okay, fair we're enough. great friends. I don't know we're not. But you know what? I didn't meditate that morning. <laughs> Give me a break. You know, come on, guys. It's, it just is what it is. It, Charlie, this seems like you're getting a, a pretty solid streak of not meditating. Um, I can't say that I'm proud of you, but it is a streak. It's a streak. It's not quite Gary's streak of 220 plus days of meditating, but it is a streak. You know what? I've been busy lately, man. Podcast, work, little projects. There's a lot going on. You know, it's a little tough. Guys, it's it's okay. Remember, don't be a judgmental meditator. Yes. Okay. Yes. Meditate um, when you can, Charlie, on I'm your judging. own time. And that's great. Thank you, Gary. Nothing get past me. All right, novice. Well, anyways, so I think we're going to get into some of those trending tech topics here. And then we're going to get into our main uh, topic of the episode, which is actually going to be on deep. Yeah, we kind of got sidetracked there. Yeah, we did get a little sidetracked there. But uh, our main topic is actually going to be about VPNs. That's going to be the topic that was submitted by the anonymous listener. We'll get into that a little bit later. Starting us off here, I'm going to go over a few things that happened uh, from Facebook. So Facebook had two updates which were actually quite interesting, and they're both related to audio. The first one is Facebook Audio Rooms. Uh, so guys, have you used, um, in, in Office, I know we talked about this actually on episode zero, uh, but Gary, have you used like Clubhouse or Twitter, whatever it's called, like Twitter Rooms or Audio Rooms? Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces, yeah. Have, have you I, used that? I've before? heard of Clubhouse. I, I have not used Clubhouse, but I have gotten on the Twitter Spaces. Mm-hmm. There, I don't want to get onto a a crypto tangent here, but uh, I don't know if you recently saw the news that El Salvador voted or passed a bill to accept Bitcoin as legal tender in their country and the first country to do so. And there was a uh, random Twitter user named Nick Carter, not to be confused with the uh, artist who's, I think, brothers with Aaron Carter. Was that one of the NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys? I don't remember. Yeah, Backstreet, Backstreet, for sure, Boys. Backstreet. Uh, but Aaron okay, Carter, I, well I, I, like, I like Aaron Carter a little but, bit more. Yeah, but anyway, no, more. this guy... This guy randomly, he, he has like a crypto page and a lot of followers talking about crypto. And he hosted a Twitter spaces and actually the president of El Salvador joined the, the, the Twitter spaces to talk about the bill, like the night that it was being signed into law. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So like before even like a, a, a press release for like on TV or something, he's on this like Twitter That's space. That's right. 
Yeah. So I, yeah. I did hear about the news. I, I didn't know that that was actually utilized by the president. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Gary, we actually got a question right in trivia for answering uh, what was the you know most recent country that you know is t- accepting Bitcoin as legal yeah. tender by you know Charlie definitely got the question well, right. If if you get another question in the future about the second country, it looks like it might be Paraguay. But Ooh. spoiler alert! Oh man, good to know, Gary. All right, so Central America really just getting that legal tender up, huh? Oh yeah. All right. Well, anyways, we talked about Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces. Facebook wants in on this bad boy, like they do with a lot of things. They see something another platform has, they either make it and push it out to their user base and all the data they have, or they just buy it. And in this case, they've created their own. It's called Live Audio Rooms. So I think it's going to be more group-based, but I'm pretty sure anyone can set up an audio room just like Clubhouse or Twitter. It looks pretty cool if if you like Facebook groups, which actually have been surprisingly increasing in usage over recent years. Groups like kind of like first started years ago. I personally thought they kind of died down. They've been com- they're coming back. Lots of like random local communities, like communities all over, are using it. But audio rooms will be directly integrated in there, so people can start using them, react during a you know any type of conversation that started in an audio room. Makes perfect sense for Facebook. They want in on this. They have a large reach. So that's the first update they have on audio there. And, and I think it's a good idea that they're doing these types of things. Uh, and for the next thing that they released as well. Because there's a lot of people that might not know about Clubhouse or they don't use Twitter too much, but they sure as hell use Facebook. People that use Facebook, they post all the time. They're there all the time. People lurk on there, scroll all day. I mean, it is smart for them to kind of get this over to their user base. You know, I was thinking at first, like, you know, I thought it was strange about, you know, what what Clubhouse had special going on was that it was like exclusive. And that's why people wanted to be on the platform. I thought it was strange for Facebook, but I, I like the mention you made. Honestly, Facebook groups, they, they have a lot of interaction. You know, I don't use Facebook much, but I still honestly go on there. And there's a couple of groups that I check out. And, you know, you know, mine are probably for like, you know, dog related groups. If there is like, you know, something that's more interesting, let's say honestly, like if it was like a crypto group and there was like a chat in there and it was just easy to jump into, I probably would, you know, hop in and listen to more to see if I can get more educated. What goes on in the dog related group? Um, honestly, it's just p- people uh, posting pictures of their dog from where I got my dog, the breeder. So they just oh, okay. had this group of, um, you know, people. Post- that sounds great. Yeah, honestly, I love it. That's- but I'm going to get flamed now for people knowing that I, you know, purchased a dog, you know, instead of uh, adopt, don't shop. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I don't think you need to call that out at the end of your statement there. But now you're going to get flamed um, for it. <laughs> In fact, I think Come I might me, actually everyone. start a Facebook live audio room talking about people who shop and don't adopt. And I might reference this podcast episode and, and just do that. Mm-hmm. And you know how I might do that, which leads into the next topic from Facebook here, is through Facebook Podcast, which is the second audio thing that was released. And this one's actually very beneficial for us. We obviously just launched a podcast, if you're not aware. And yeah, so we did. And Facebook, essentially, if you have a page... So like right now, like we have a not to be technical Facebook page. There's nothing on there, whatever. Like we're, we're going to get that fleshed out. In the, but the whole reason I'm even fleshing out in general, I wouldn't really care about a Facebook page, is they now have direct integration to post podcast episodes and audio in Facebook. People can stream it in Facebook. And it's actually, and it's not just like you upload the audio into Facebook. The way podcasts work is you host an, uh, the audio and then it's sent out through something called an RSS feed. And an RSS feed essentially is like a link. It, it, it goes to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all of the different directories where you can listen to podcasts. So now Facebook is one of those. 
So if you're an approved podcast and they're they're rolling it out like in batches to everyone, we should get it soon, hopefully. We'll be able to put that on there as well, just like how you can listen to us. It'll be one of those new directories you could use. So one of the things that's really cool that I like this feature that I don't think is possible on a lot of the other platforms right now. It's something that they stole from Twitch. So they continue to steal the ideas and stuff like that, but it makes sense. On Twitch, when you're, and, and just for anyone that doesn't use Twitch, Twitch is something where you can stream uh, yourself playing games. Uh, you know, you usually see someone on the webcam playing uh, and then whatever game they're playing, right? And a lot of times, well, what a user can do or an audience member watching someone play on Twitch is they can clip something. And what that means is maybe there was something in the past minute that was funny that happened in the stream. They clip it and then it can be shared with anyone else. Facebook is going to have this same exact functionality for podcasts. So if someone was listening to something funny, uh, maybe they really liked uh, in episode three, or I'm sorry, in episode two, I I shouldn't get that confused. In episode two, where I know I'm the worst, but in episode two, Nafis had some really good insight on this Netflix show called The Startup. So maybe once this is on (laughs) Facebook, a user might listen to this and be, oh my God, this is so insightful. I need to clip this. I need to share this with my mom immediately. She's been looking for a new show. Facebook will now allow this. So is this the first podcast platform to do something like this? I mean, I know you can't, I don't think you can do it on Spotify. That's the one that I use. But um, is is everyone else now going to just like copy this from Facebook? Is there anywhere else that you can clip little snippets? So there may be some type of podcast directory that allows this. I, I know uh, Buzzsprout is a very popular uh, podcast like where you can host your podcast, but also listen to podcasts on there too. And there's a feature where I, I think as the podcast producer, you can make clips and then use them somewhere. But I think something as public facing and as listener focused, like what Twitch has, I, I don't think there is one because there's Facebook- no, like- yeah, With this, there's no like pending yeah, approval. That sounds right? pretty cool. You can just clip it and share without having to like. Exactly. I mean, because if you're a, the podcast, for example, like we published it, so that's for that's everyone. Hilarious. To to. So anything, so anything funny. you guys say could anything you guys say could live in immortality, like forever. Yes. And even if we remove the podcast from every platform, it could be out there. I mean, that's the case right now, but it's just a lot more work for someone to do that. But yeah, with the clips. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more user friendly. So look out for clips. You can clip us if you want. I don't know why you would, but who knows? Maybe someone will clip us. But it is a really cool feature. And going back to Facebook taking things, the fact that Facebook is a social network and has all this functionality and, and very easy to use interface is the reason why this is possible. Like Spotify, like how the hell would this work in Spotify? You make a clip. You would have to like export it. Like you don't have friends. Like we we do know that Nafis does follow Gary on Spotify and you know checks out what he's listening to. And I kind of do too. I'm not gonna lie. I saw yeah, you were yeah. listening to All I Want for Christmas the other day by Mariah Carey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you don't, it doesn't have to be Christmas time yeah. to listen to that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. What's going, what's going on? My favorite rendition of yeah. the song. And you also were listening to The Weekend quite a bit, which got me starting to listen to The Weekend a little bit. You know, some of this. I saw that. You know, and, and so, myself, any, another good artist, Charlie. No shame in. Yeah. I mean, lots of people evidently listen to The Weeknd, so I don't have any shame in that. I'll have you know, Gary, that The Weeknd is one of the top artists for our podcast listeners on Spotify. And Spotify is like 60 to 70% of how people consume the podcast so far. So The Weeknd's on there. Who else is on? Oh, Drake. I think Bad Bunny, J. Cole, and Dua Lipa. Nafis is favorite. Oh, yeah. My favorite. So, yeah. So, Facebook... 
the fact that it's a social network and you're able to do this, it, it essentially allows you to have this functionality you would normally wouldn't have. Like Spotify couldn't do it. Well, Charlie, that was quite insightful. Um, honestly, I, I was very interested in hearing about the RSS feed portion uh, because you've been doing all the legwork as uh, you know, producing and pushing the content out. So knowing how that actually works is very helpful. I hope to be a little bit more involved in this next following episode. No, you don't. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, shifting gears here, you know, there's a pretty big announcement recently. It, it was from Microsoft. And what they've unveiled is that we're going to soon get a Windows 11. Now, for those of you guys who don't actually keep up with some of this tech news, it was actually leaked. Um, a few days prior to uh, Microsoft actually pushing it out and people were able to download it. Uh, but they've now actually come out and given a presentation about some of the new features that provide for their customers. So, um, Gary, have you heard about this? Do you know anything about it? I do not. Do you do you remember uh, when Windows 10 came out? What was it before Windows? I think it was Windows 8 before Windows 10. Is that right? They just skipped 9. They said, screw you, 9. Yeah, the lost generation at Windows 8. I think they, they did the same thing with the iPhone, did they not? They went to the X. Well, that's a Roman right? numeral. Yeah, but yeah. it's 10. Like they went from the 8 to the X, I think, right? Yeah. It oh, people right. Call it you're the right. X you're right. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, you're right. Roman numeral purist over here. Yeah, so I would. Yeah, so it's been a while, Gary. And I don't, and I don't know if you remember, but it was a pain in the ass if you had a Windows 8 machine to upgrade to Windows 10. Like your apps would be crazy. Like if you were in a workplace, it'd be crazy. So oh, we haven't had to deal with this since July 2015. I was I was resistant to Windows 10 for a while, sort of similar to how I was with iOS 14. So that was uh, <laughs> definitely a, a change that I wasn't ready for for a long time, but I finally made and it. And I will have you know, since uh, episode two, where Gary revealed that he just updated to iOS 14 and he still didn't know how to use stickers and text, I can tell you that Gary has learned how to use stickers and text. He's put in memos. Only the long time listeners know. Yeah, everybody's learning along with me. Yeah. If anybody out there is not super technical like myself, you can learn along <laughs> with me. All these learn along with Gary. Little maneuvers. Yeah. yeah. He so I can I can attest to it. Gary learned. I didn't. I think I sent you a video on how to do it. That's right, like a little screen recording. It was way yeah. more intuitive yeah. than I thought. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it made sense. I'm sure. I feel it made me feel really <laughs> old that I hadn't known how to do it yeah. until then. But I will say that this update coming out in Office, it, it's been a long time coming, right? Like it's been a very long time since we've had an update. So what yeah. what type of stuff should we expect here? Like what, what what has been released so far? So like right off the bat, like just taking a look at it and just like uh, just a surface level glimpse, um, I, I feel like I'm fanboying. Like, and I'm, I'm like pretty excited that there is like a new introduction to an OS. I, I don't know. I get like weirdly excited when like new stuff like this comes out. It like changes your workflow, uh, hopefully to be more efficient. Um, and you know, for myself, I was more of a, a Mac user for quite a few years until I transitioned back into windows more recently, probably around like 2016, 2017 around that time. Um, so since then I was really impressed that just windows has gotten a lot better, you know, over the years, especially after, you know, what was devastatingly like windows Vista or eight, whatever you want to call it. So, um, in this new iteration, one, just the aesthetic looks a lot cleaner. You know, quite frankly, it, it looks a lot like Mac. They've got the rounded edges. They're making a lot more use of transparencies. They're like centering the dock. Now, granted, you can, you know, place the dock wherever you want it to be, but it just looks really smooth. The user experience like looks really clean. Yeah. And I would say like, like you're not kidding off. It's like, I saw some of these screenshots. It really just looks exactly like an Apple yeah. OS. Like if you told me this was an Apple OS and you just took that icon away, that was Windows. 
I would believe you. I, I like it. And, and you know, it just looks smooth. And then another thing for me, like I, this, isn't, this is only going to apply to people who have like bigger screens uh, or maybe people who like to like change the size of their screens to fit a lot of stuff on it. They've got this like more like window snap feature where you can have like customized boxes for your window size, um, which in the past, I actually would purchase software to do that for me. I've like spent like $30 to get like a window manager software. And now that that's built in, like it should have been there the whole time. Great. Uh, and other simple stuff that Mac has already had, like extra desktops where you could just have a work desktop. And then when you're done with work, you switch over to your personal desktop or we you know switch over to our podcast desktop. So we're ready to do podcasting stuff. A lot of really smooth, just user related features. But yeah, I, I would I want to jump in there real quick. So for the snap thing. I think a lot of people might not understand the use case there or Uh what that is, but essentially what's happening here is Nafis is flexing that he has one of those insane monitors that's like super long that spans like longer than your desk. And so is that like the 49 inch curve? Like exactly that. Nafis bought one of those bad boys. That's always on. Have you posted to uh, the battle stations subreddit? If you haven't, you probably should. Yeah, you could post to that office. Just flex your little battle station there. Or not little, it's huge. The screen is huge. And the problem and why he had to buy software for this is like when people have two screens, you can put like one window on one screen or one on the other. The screen's so big, it can't recognize that it's so big. It's just like, I'm so damn big, I don't know what to do. So there needs to be software that breaks it up for you. So the windows will have this integrated now. You know, like it's naturally, it doesn't like, you know, It's more so like for split screening purposes, but now you can put them into thirds easier or even fourths, like whatever you want to do. Like they've got like the custom like build functionality. It's super smooth. Yeah, you can really cut up those pay-per-view websites you're looking at. So really good. You already know. Four by four at the same time. Now, um, you know, Charlie and I use Teams for work. So like we we communicate on that platform a lot of the time. Um, I've kind of grown to love it. And one of the kind of bigger issues that I have with Windows that it doesn't really have like a dedicated chat platform. Like they have had Skype, but Skype never really worked out. You know, Teams at least currently is more for like corporate use and like business functionality. But what they seem to be putting out there is that like you can now communicate with anyone on any platform using Teams. And I'm really interested to see how that gets unveiled and rolled out because um, if there is like, you know, where I can then chat from my desktop or something like that, uh, anything that's close to even combating um, messages um, on like a MacBook, being able to just like chat that way, like that would be crucial. Like that, you know, I'm, I'm quite frankly, like when it comes to like thinking about a laptop, I orient myself more towards a MacBook because it's easier to communicate because Windows lacks those features. So this could be a major win for Windows there. Yeah, and I think in Windows 10, they really, and you touched on this, they really tried to get Skype going, and Skype just wasn't happening, especially in the US. I think maybe more internationally, maybe at the time of the release, it was still more popular. But really, when COVID hit, Microsoft Teams blew up along with every other thing like Zoom or GoToMeeting, right? But the fact that they're integrating it here, they're making it so anyone could use it, it's going to be right there in the start menu, integrated with everything. This is Microsoft's best chance to have something to compete with yeah. it, you know, outside of the corporate world. Gary, do you, do you use that in your profession, like Microsoft Teams or Slack or something like that? Yeah, yeah, we use Microsoft Teams and it's been really helpful throughout the pandemic. We're still remote part of the time. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure a lot of places are going to be remote permanently yeah. or do a hybrid approach. So, yeah, it's that's that's interesting that they're integrating it more with uh, Windows 11. So I think that would be a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, what I was, I'm going to say is probably not going to be a game changer 
is uh, people's use of Windows or Microsoft Edge, um, which has uh, taken over Windows or you know Internet Explorer. You know they did the rebrand, but you're not fooling anyone here, Microsoft. No one's no one's going over to Microsoft Edge uh, as their main browser. Yeah, yeah. If someone's using Microsoft Edge, I- I'm pretty concerned. You know, I'm concerned if you want a free Bud Light for a vaccination. I'm I'm pretty concerned too if you're using Microsoft Edge. You know, so sorry to shame anyone out there, but you know, just get Google Chrome. You know, just figure it out. You know? Yeah. Just get with the times. Just like update to iOS fourteen. Yeah, yeah. iOS fourteen. Yeah, just just get on, a, just get an iPad Pro and a Magic Keyboard. You know, Come on, just just do you it. You already know what it is. Now, another thing that I kind of I find it a little funny that they're they're pushing like you know that this is so magical is like their updates to the start menu, which um you know granted look good. You know they have done a great update. It makes it seem like people might actually use the start menu for stuff. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but um, what they seem to be pushing also included with the start menu is search. Um, so if you don't realize right now, if you click the Windows button on your computer, it's going to pull up. Uh, a disaster just happened. Um, but if you click the Windows start button, um, it's going to pull up the start menu. But honestly, I never actually click anything in that like start menu. I really just click that button to search for stuff. Um, and what seems to be, you know, coming to, you know, or at least an improvement coming to Windows is um, an, an improvement in the queries. <laughs> so what just happened there is I dropped another headset that I'm not using right now. And then it fell onto my leg and it was balanced on my leg for a good 10 seconds while the office was talking and then it fell down again. So you could have mute yourself in yeah, that time frame. I could have, but, um, Oh yeah. But anyway, good. so, so in office, uh, I think one of the things that they're trying to, and this goes back to them trying to be like Mac OS. I think it's like command S is it for search or command F for find, or I don't know if you command might know this better than me or command space. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but you know, that's a very easy way to like, no matter what you're doing on your computer, go ahead and search. And Windows has this now too, but this is going to look much more like what Mac users love with their search. So it's a good move. It doesn't sound that exciting or sexy, but it, yeah. once people start using it, like it, it will yeah. be good. It, it, it's one of these things that like uh, I would just kind of push to anyone who's using any sort of electronic device is to um, start using search more. Um, search is getting super powerful on like any device, any platform. Yeah. And, you know, I lit. I literally just learned command space from oh, you guys and used it on my Mac go, for the first baby. time. So there's another I one. Yeah, if you haven't been commands, you. you can do it on your iPad. Any any type of Apple device with a keyboard, which would essentially just be the iPad and the MacBooks. But yeah, yeah, it is very easy to use. Gary, I'm sure you're gonna love it. You'll have something <laughs> soon on Windows to look forward to once you upgrade in 2038. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, if you ever go back to Windows, <laughs> who knows? And I'm trying to think. There's one other. There's one other update that I was interested in. Oh, so this one is a small one. I know. Um, I don't think you know this one. This is for I. I think it's called Windows Hello. It. It's. Isn't that out already? Though? It is out, but they made some mentions of it, and I, I'm hoping that they actually start integrating it with more services. Um, so Windows Hello is sort of like Face ID for your iPhone, uh, where you know it unlocks your screen. So if you currently have a um, webcam that's got an IR scanner, which is an infrared um, scanner, then it'll scan your face and you know allow you into your computer without having to put your password in. I'm really hoping that this starts getting integrated or some sort of like biometric scanning that gets integrated with third-party applications. So like for myself, I use LastPass as a password manager. 
And if it can utilize that to sign me into stuff a little bit smoother, I would love it because I do use that on my iPad like religiously and it makes my life so much easier. I'm not going to lie. I zoned out there. No, so <laughs> I, I, think, I do, but I'm going to say the last thing. I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, so then, all right. So now, office, I think there actually is one more big thing that I'm excited for on Windows. Or I don't even know if I'm excited for it, but it sounds like it would be like a, a big uh, addition to it. And I think Mac does this already, I believe. I know Chromebooks have done this in the past, uh, but they actually are allowing users on Windows to download Android apps on the desktop now. Oh, interesting. So this, yeah. So what this means is anything that's traditionally only been available on a phone or the experiences on a phone. You can now put that on your desktop. So this will help with a lot of... Is it like the Google Play Store that you have access to? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, so I believe... Yeah. So that's what it said. Android apps will be available to use on Windows 11. I think that's a big game changer for them. Uh, it, it, it's, that's more useful than you would think. There's a lot of services that are essentially only on phones, even like social media platforms. So I, I think it actually is a, a really good update for them. The last one I'll touch on really briefly, actually, Xbox. So they're really revamping the gaming centralized area for Xbox on desktop with Windows 11. They've already really been focusing on it. They have a subscription service now called Xbox Games Pass. And because they bought Bethesda, Bethesda. I can't even Bethesda. I, I completely screwed that up. The people that made Skyrim and Fallout, two of the most beloved games of, our, of the last so decade beloved. or so, they bought them. That's probably going to be exclusive to this. So they're really just driving home Xbox Games Pass as a subscription service. Tons of games can be played through the xCloud, it's called. That's going to be integrated in Windows 11 and the Xbox app. So if you like gaming, Windows 11 is supposed to really improve on that. That, that, sounds, that sounds great. That sounds perfect, actually, for Age of Empires 4, which I think is a big upcoming title on Xbox. It is. Because that is definitely not a game you want to be playing on console. It is not a game you want to play on console. Put that with a controller is. I didn't even think about that. (laughs) (laughs) Great great contribution. Sorry, I had no idea I was muted. I was like talking a little bit there the whole time. Well, we were glad we got that in. (laughs) He's he's like, why are you ignoring me? (laughs) Why are you ignoring me? Yeah, so Novice just muted himself when he he thought he was talking. So we thought he had something prolific to say. And he just said, I didn't even think about that. But anyways, yeah, I think Age of Empires and a bunch of other big titles are coming out. There's like a new Halo and stuff. So Microsoft has a lot for them going into the gaming department. A lot of it's on Xbox, but they really have crossed that over to make the Xbox experience integrated with the console experience on the desktop. Windows 11 will be huge there. But there was that was a lot of stuff yeah. there about Windows 11. It's coming soon. Uh, I, I'm excited for it. I think they're going to be really good updates in Office. I know you probably feel the same. It, you know, you, you have some, you look a little upset though. What's going so, on? You know me and like my personal end, I'm excited. I think this is going to, you know, I have good hopes. I think, you know, you know, Microsoft's going to do a good job, you know, releasing this, making the upgrade process smooth and whatnot. Um, but I did just get some heartburn thinking about, it on my professional life. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily as concerned with it being a problem with getting the installation upon, you know, our work related, you know, devices and making sure that's a smooth process. But I am thinking that user adoption is tough. You know, those who are not as technically savvy are are going to be concerned about having to relearn how to navigate their computer a little bit and kind of go through the motions. Um, 
which is a thing, but I would say everyone love over fear, baby. So what you're saying is you're not excited in a professional level to have to uh, help people learn like, oh, that that is a pain to the ass when you're updating Windows, like for a whole company and you're working in an IT office. Like, yeah, that falls. Oh, yeah. It, it's get, get excited for that. Oh, App's not working. Um, lots of questions. Not my problem. That's all in office's problem. <laughs> That's right. About it sounds like That's between right. the three of us. Not our problem. But when you first said that, you said, oh, this is really going to affect me in my personal life. I was like, who the hell are you dating that this is going to affect oh, in yeah. your personal life? Like, what is going on here? I thought he said, did he not say professional life? I, I thought that's personal. What he said. I'm, I think I said professional. Uh, well, you know what? Yeah. Well, if, you might be mistaken there. Well, if you if you are a lady out there and you think you want to date in office, you better like Windows <laughs> 11 and you better you know better how to use it because like you don't it. want to teach you. I ain't teaching you he shit. He does not want to teach you anything about it. That's enough about Windows. The office has enough on his plate. Gary, what do you got for us? What's some topics? What's what's been going on this past week? Uh, yeah, this is kind of a tech topic, I guess. So we had Amazon Prime Day That's on right. Monday and Tuesday of this past week, and it turns out they did pretty well. They did eleven billion in revenue, roughly, between just those two days, which was more than the prior year's Cyber Monday. Um, although it was two days versus one day, but still that's, what? that's a lot. Did you guys get anything on Amazon prime day? You know, I honestly forgot it was like prime day until the day of, and I was like, oh my God, this is weird. I'm usually like on top of this. Um, I don't have anything super exciting that I bought. Um, I bought like chargers and adapters. Cause I realized I was going into Charlie's office every like 10 minutes to charge something. Cause he's got like this cool charging appliance. I, I mean, I don't think anyone else thinks this is cool, but I got this adapter that was pretty cheap from Anchor. I trust that brand for charging related stuff, but it's got USB-C and like standard USB and it's like a 60 watt charger. So it's got a lot of output. So you can charge big devices, small devices, all fast charging at the same time. Yeah, no one else thinks that. No cool. one's thinking it's cool, You're right. but it's now part yeah. of my everyday carry. Let's go. Very functional though. It is very functional. Uh, Gary, to answer your question, I did not buy anything on Prime Day and I was aware of it. I knew it was coming up. Uh, I, I've just been busy, man. And, you know, there's not anything that like, I necessarily like needed and i was like you know what if i spend time just scrolling through everything on amazon i'll buy shit i don't need it there's nothing that i really am like oh my god like yeah i'm with you yeah i scroll through and i get like paralysis from too many choices everything is four and a half stars everything has some good reviews and some bad reviews mixed in and i'm just like Oh my God, which one do I pick? And then like, like I can't two hours later, one. you've picked nothing and then you go to sleep and then you're like, oh, yes. what a great prime day. Or why do they, it's, why is it prime day and it's two days now? Like what, It's days. Yeah, prime yeah. days. Like what, what is this? I don't know. But in any event though, I, I know that's, it kind of sounded like probably I was trying to fish for you guys to ask me what I got, but I also did not anything. <laughs> so pretty exciting. Yeah, and we the fishing didn't work, did it? It sure didn't. No, it sure we just didn't. didn't care. Like, all right, dude. Yeah, we didn't get anything. Like, well, here's here's something else. Apparently, and I saw I saw this on an ad originally. I saw a commercial for Wingstop, and I noticed that they. I, I, I was actually watching it on mute, and I okay. saw they kind of like crossed out the word wings and put thighs in there, and then I saw online that there's apparently a shortage of chicken wings right now. Do you guys know about oh. this? Uh, yes. How do you feel about getting, yes, I do getting, know a, about getting this, a box actually. of hot so, pies instead of wings for the game or something? As long as they're thick. I'm I'm with, I'm with the thighs. Yeah, I'm with the thighs. Thick I thighs, prefer dark you know, meat chicken to white meat, so I'm down to try oh, whatever. Man. Some mango habanero thighs maybe. All right, so regarding like wings versus thighs, I – so I think the first thing is the whole reason this is happening is because chicken prices have gone up. Like I, I think there is, I saw something where it was like eight straight months, like 
there's been like chicken shortages, like the wing prices have gone up. So Wingstop being Wingstop, that's all they do besides like the fries and shit. Like that's all they do. So they need to make more revenue. There's a shortage, whatever. So all these thighs are just sitting here. These thick thighs. No one's eating these. But we got all this sauce. We got You're all making this me hungry right now. Oh. I think I'm actually going to go to Wingstop after this. I know. Yeah, thigh stop. But anyway, no. so what they've done is they actually don't really have it, I believe, if I'm reading this right, uh, in the store. I mean, I haven't been in Wingstop in ages. Maybe they do, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But the main thing that they're doing is they've created a virtual, sometimes called a ghost kitchen, but a virtual kitchen where in delivery apps, whether it's their own app or it's Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash, et cetera, they make it look like a different restaurant, but it's really their wing stop. So in this case, that that you saw was thigh stop. So it's a little bit more direct the way that they're doing it. You know it's wing stop, like you just said the ad that you saw, they crossed that wing and they put thighs, right? So they're being creative with it. They made a whole yeah, campaign I like, about I it. I like the transparency there, honestly. It, it I think it's smoother. Here is where it's not transparent. You're scrolling through Uber Eats. You know, it's late at night. Maybe you're feeling a burger, right? And, and this, I've never had this happen to me, by the way. But anyway, so I'm scrolling me. through and you see this nice looking burger on Uber Eats. Like you see the little photo and it's this place called the Burger Den, right? Like, oh, I haven't heard of the Burger Den. Where's the Sounds Burger good. Den? Oh, it's like a few minutes away. It'll be here in 30 minutes. Sounds good. Everything adds up. You buy your burger, right? Do you guys like getting burgers at Denny's? Uh, No, but I wouldn't rule it out. How about you, novice? I don't think I've ever had a burger at Denny's, but I I could see that happening to me. <laughs> Great. Well, would you like being you know. tricked into getting a burger at Denny's? Would you like that? No, not at all. Well, that's exactly what they're doing with this virtual or ghost kitchen. So the burger den doesn't mention Denny's at all. And this is a virtual or ghost kitchen where they make it look like an entirely different restaurant with the intent of using the same kitchen they have already and selling it to the consumers on a delivery app. So the Burger Den is exactly that. Chuck E. Cheese has ones for pizza too. I forget what it's called. That would not be good. I would be very upset. Oh yeah, they do. I've seen that. Oh my God, it's so funny. I forget what it's called, but like it doesn't say Chuck E. Cheese anywhere. So you don't know that it's coming from Chuck E. Cheese. You just think, oh, there's this pizza joint, whatever. I'm just going to get it, right? Like, and I'm sure they've gotten a bunch of people. Maybe it's good. Who knows? I bet I I feel like Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Man, they need a ghost kitchen for like Costco pizza and hot dogs. I'd be about that life. Oh man. Yeah, me too. And don't forget about the rotisserie chickens. All right. So I think that's enough talk about the thighs here and Wingstop and virtual kitchens. It's something probably I get a little bit too excited about being an Uber Eats power user, I would say. Most people a probably- be over here. A little yeah, yeah. I, I've, been, I've been slowing down with the Uber Eats though. You know, I can't kind of watch my physique, you know? I actually canceled my Uber Eats pass, you know, recently. I, I didn't cancel mine, but you know, I may go back. Yeah, I like Uber Eats. But anyways, so the last thing we want to talk about for recent tech news. So Gary, you're a huge TikTok user, right? Uh, I have never made a TikTok account. Novice yourself? I don't even have the like app downloaded. So I do have the app and I do have an account. I, I really don't go on there though. TikTok's not my thing. I you know, I think Reels as well, like is kind of eliminated the urge for it. But I know people that use TikTok love TikTok. I know a bit about it. I see stuff that's trending on there sometimes through other mediums. But they actually announced something I think is really cool for TikTok users. It's called Jumps. And it's out as of today. So it, Essentially what jumps is, and the reason why they called it jump, it's not because people are jumping up and down in the TikToks, even though that's probably oh, the yeah. most of the TikToks. Let's go. Yeah, but what it is, is jumping from the TikTok app to a different app. So essentially, 
if you see someone making a recipe, right, on TikTok, and they can link to an other app, like for example, the one they used is a cooking app that's called Whisk. So someone shows on TikTok how to make their pasta or whatever it is. And then if it's in a cooking app, Whisk, you can click on it. It opens it up directly in the app. Oh, that's so sick. So it'll have like the recipe and the guide yeah. and oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. And so I always love when there's good integrations between apps like that. They have like the deep linking for the app and you can go directly from one thing to another. So this is pretty new. There's like a, I think a small amount of um, apps that are greenlit for this, I guess, so to speak. So Wikipedia being one of them, Whisk is another one. Uh, and Gary, one that you might actually like, I've never heard of this. Uh, it's a breathing exercise platform called Breathwork. Ooh, Except nice. in Breathwork, there's no O, o in the R. I'm so, well, I said that wrong. There's no O in work. In the work. So it's breath <laughs> Breathwork, but no O at the work part there. Just, just in case okay. you want to look that up. So how so, yeah. how would that work then? So you're telling me that somebody posts a like a short video on TikTok yeah. of themselves breathing, and then it links to this breathwork app. Exactly. So it's just an option there. So TikTok creators <laughs> yeah. can now like instead of just only having the video there, like they could link directly to another application. So it, it's a cool way to interact with it. It's probably better for the user experience, right? Where if someone like like the recipe example, like that's very useful, but there's probably other applications that have better use cases. That's just what was in their press release, so to speak. This seems like it would become just like all of TikTok would be inundated with ads once there's like a an app in there where you can like shop for clothing or whatever. It's like somebody posts, hey, like this is, I got this cute top. Like here's the link where you can get it. I mean, there that might be an interesting there. Yeah, plug there, you know? I mean, that's probably there. I don't know if they have a, a monetization. I guess people can do that yet. already. I, don't think I, mean, so. I think they, they do. They do. Yeah, you can okay. have that. There's ads on TikTok yeah, as you're going through. Oh. Yeah, but they're, it, it Instagram is starting to try to do that as well with like sponsored posts within Reels and things like that. So there's going to be a lot more of that going on. It's kind of the new model where not just stuff you're following as you're going through, especially with the way TikTok works and how users interact ads go flow through it, the same is going to show up on other platforms. I like that. I think that's going to be really smooth, honestly, like especially like cross-platform, like it it might as well. Um... It might as well be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm wow. sorry. Do you know where that wa- that wow is from, Nafis? Wow. I think Charlie knows. Um, it makes sure. me think of Skins, um, but that's... What? Is this another Netflix show? It, it, it um, was at a point. It's a British, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the British version only. Wait, no, 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 I think, yeah, I think it's the British version. I mean, they made yeah, an American like, version. No one liked it. It was one season. Yeah. Yeah, no, good. the, the, the wow is is a reference to Owen Wilson because he always, in every one of his movies, he says, wow. And there's actually a compilation oh, you're right. on YouTube that you can find of him saying wow in every single movie. That is good to know. I'm sure I will be doing that immediately. <laughs> but at least we can I clip think- Gary saying wow. Sorry, wow. go ahead. Wow. You can wow. you can transition into the randing things out. All right, so I think that kind of covers out like some of the biggest uh, tech or trending news topics from the past week here. Great work, guys! Aggregated all of those things: Wingstop, Amazon Prime, Facebook, Windows Eleven. I mean, what more could you need? Like, like we covered everything. There's nothing else that happened. But what we haven't covered yet is our main topic for today, submitted by a listener who remains to be anonymous. So we're actually, actually, before I start this, how do you guys feel about voice memos on iOS, on iMessage? And for anyone that doesn't use them or know what they are, you're an Android user, 
essentially instead of a text, you send an audio clip of yourself talking. It's really smooth and easy to use in iMessage uh, for Apple users. But do, how do you guys feel about voice memos? I, I love voice memos personally, and I've started using them a lot more. They're good for, you know, if you're just in a situation where you can't really like pull out your phone and text with both of those little thumbs you got, you can just hold down the voice memo button and talk right into that bad boy. Good for um, when you're driving as well, as opposed to only one of those text. little thumbs needed. Don't don't text while driving. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just it's more efficient to just hold down the voice memo and talk than to try to type out all the letters with one thumb. But I don't know how you think about it in office. Oh man, I need you to send me some more voice memos with that buttery smooth bo- voice of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so. I feel like, I mean, Davis, you say how you feel about it, but I feel like you don't send voice memos at all and you don't like oh, them. Oh, like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't like them. I mean, it depends. I hate it when it's like, I like it when it's more like, you know, interjected with a, as a joke, uh, which I yeah. feel like has been used more often. But, you know, I've had a couple of people just like send me a voice memo in the middle of, you know, while we're texting and it, and it just doesn't always work. Like if I don't have headphones on me or something, I can't just like, play it yeah, you know if, if i'm at home or something it works but let's say i'm in you know the middle of a grocery store i can't just go ahead and you know play um you know the voice memo yeah you're right i i used to not like voice memos at all personally right like i used to think like i, I don't want to think cringy is the right word but i did not like getting voice memos i didn't like being pressured to send voice memos back i never wanted to do it i would never like getting them but for whatever reason more and more recently and, and Gary, I think some of our friend group has is, is really started using them a little bit more. And, and like the office said, for more joking stuff, maybe we're impersonating things. They were just saying dumb stuff. Some of it's informative too. Like, or like you said, you're busy and you just need to send something quickly. It, it kind of rubbed off on me. I've started using it a little bit more, but it's new to me still. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Like I, I feel like once someone kind of rips the seal on sending a voice memo, whether it's in a group chat or just like a specific friend, and they, maybe they have to break the seal a couple of times. You're going to start getting them back unless they really hate you and they just don't want to talk to you. And then you'll start using voice memos more and more. So I feel like that's been my experience as of late. This is another one of those things that I didn't even notice was there until I received a voice memo one one day for the first time. And I was like, wait a second, how do you do this? And there's this intuitive little button that you can hold down and record a voice memo. So yeah, you're probably on iOS 8 at that point. Yeah, I think I, I mean, was. More often than not, I end up like you know, I'm holding my phone, I'm walking around, and then I realize I've like recorded myself for two minutes, and I'm like horrified, thinking this is about to send, and I'm like, you know, trying to like click the X instead of actually sending it and freaking out because I don't know what's been recorded for a few minutes. That's just yeah. Me. I do like the the way it works where you could listen to it before you send it, and it's way easier to hit the button to listen to it than to send it. So like, it's not as prone to an accident. Because you, you record the wrong thing or you do like a butt voice memo, if that's possible, like you can get in a lot of trouble there. I mean, that's like, ugh, I don't know about that. Anyway, without further ado, I am chomping at the bit to hear this voice memo that you've got. Oh, Gary, I'm about to play. And like I said, this is a longtime listener uh, since episode zero, a friend of ours, but wants to remain anonymous. And so we will respect that. But they don't care if we play their voice memo. So I'm going to do that right now. Well, they blame it on being like kind of drunk, but 
All right, so my bad. I played the vo- the wrong voice memo uh, from the the right listener though. Uh, but what he was referring to was uh, on episode two. Uh, we talked about how you can like an Instagram post, but even if you unlike it immediately, like it'll still be visible and the person will get a notification. And that led to Gary sharing before he had even met Nafis, how Nafis went through and just liked a bunch of old posts of his uh, on Instagram. Very old. Like we're talking, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah, that's a normal thing to do, you know, just uh, show yeah. some love. So I, a question for you. If I happen to like accidentally like somebody's old photo like whatever the case may be yeah should i just go through and like everything because that makes it a little less Ooh, weird in I a think, way? I, at least i think so but i mean i'm already doing it so who knows it's already you weird know, to apparently you guys that's interesting gary i i don't know what would be worse i i think it would be better to like a bunch of them i feel like if i had to pick one or, or at least like a good selection of them, you know, because then it's like, okay, like the, the single one alone, like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's what I should have done on Strava. Just like a whole bunch of stuff. Go on a like, like everything like there. No, definitely not. All right. So yeah. anyway, do you have the actual voice memo? I do have the actual voice memo. My apologies for the mix up there. That's okay, uh, partner. All right. Here is the topic request. Okay, here's an actual idea. Um, maybe you guys can give like a little quick um like discourse on on um vpns like i want to get a vpn but i don't know anything about vpns what should i look for in a vpn and what, what exactly you know, what exactly do they um, do what are they good for what do they protect you against maybe do a little oh my god a little crash course on that all right, so thank you, anonymous listener. It, it, Gary, I think this goes back to one of the points you just had about voice memos. This anonymous listener is definitely in the middle of something. Like, you, there's absolutely in the car in the first one. Yeah, he told someone to get off. I don't know if it was a dog, if it was another car, if it was who who knows who what it was. But he, he was in the middle of something. But he had to get this voice memo off to us for this topic. But that is where the topic came from. We've had a few topic requests. We appreciate them. Keep them coming. But we're going to be talking VPNs now. Nafis, what do you got for us? Oh, let's get baby. started. Oh, baby. Well, let's start off with a quick question. Uh, Gary, this is posed to you. Um, you know, I love abbreviations. Do you know what VPN stands for? I believe it is Virtual Private Network. Oh, yes. Ding, ding, Let's ding. Um, so, yes, Virtual Private Network. Um, so, I mean, now with, you know, you know, COVID and everything and remote work, I think a lot more people are at least familiar with VPNs, um, especially with having to maybe work from home and utilizing one to uh, maybe get access to their work. So, um, you know, I'm going to start off with maybe on, you know, something that people can relate to more. It's just kind of like a you know, more corporate side is, you know, if you don't know what a VPN is, it is a client or a program that you can log into with some credentials. Um, typically provided by, you know, your work. And then you log into that. So that way you have access to your work resources. Um, it could be, you know, like network drives, things like you need files access to. Um, but, you know, I think I'm assuming for this anonymous listener here, um, he's not necessarily like thinking about it in some sort of work related aspect. He's thinking about it on his personal end. Um, when I think about, you know, VPNs, um, you also want to kind of think about it as a firewall, you know, they're, they're kind of two in the same, 
You know, a firewall is can either be a physical appliance or a software uh, related thing that essentially provides you with protection. Uh, but more people, when they think about VPNs for themselves, um, it's more about trying to anonymize, you know, your traffic, your internet traffic, where you're going, what you're doing on the internet, um, either from your internet service provider or just, you know, overall from, you know, anyone who might be snooping on your info. Yeah, and I think right now VPNs are really blowing up in terms of why the anonymous listener is even thinking about this or it's on top of mind, right? So what Novice mentioned with it being like a, a corporate tool to access like a company's private server, your files that are shared, that's been in place for a long time and over a decade where that was po- like used a little bit more widely when anyone started working remotely or anything like that. But VPNs for personal use, like you were just getting into... I think the best way to describe it, like it is like a firewall. Everything you said there is correct, but trying to make it like a little bit more accessible if someone has no idea about any of this stuff, I would consider it like a mask, right? Like you're putting on a mask, but essentially it's masking your entire, your location, your identity, your personal device on the internet as you're browsing or doing whatever you're doing. So for personal use in office, I think what's interesting is it's using the same technology but you're going into, instead of a company's private network to access everything, you're just masking what you're doing on your own computer, on your own home network, and making it look exactly. like you're somewhere else. So Yeah, essentially using another network to yeah. mask what you're doing on your current network. Yeah, so what would be the benefits of this, right? So I, I think one of the things that's interesting is, you know, with the kind of the rise of privacy and transparency and tech and different platforms, VPNs have kind of gone up in popularity as well. What, why do you need this? Like, what what is it going to get you? So, so Nafis, what would you say are some of like the, the biggest like benefits? Like if, if you were going to do this for personal use or like... Uh, the voice memo we just heard, like, like, why do you even need one? Like, why do you want it? So the first thing I think of is almost memeable. Um, but to get access to either content um, or like, you know, information that is not readily provided by, you know, your current country, you might have like, you know, a country that has restrictions on things. Um, so if you're maybe in a, you know, country that's government's a little strict on that end, but, um, but then there's this, this is the memeable side is like, if you want to watch, you know, content that's on Netflix, that's not in your country. So that way you have, you know, it seems like your, your location's being spoofed somewhere else. You're in a different country. You can now watch this content that you wish you could see, but you couldn't. Yeah. So novice, I got to say that would be a pretty weak meme. Um, I'm just going to call that out there, but uh, you are right. Um, that, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I would not laugh at that meme. I, I don't think it would be posted by the meme pages. Gary, how do you feel about that meme? I, yeah, I agree. I don't think that was really memeable, but that is the one thing that uh, has made me consider uh, a VPN in the past. I was very close to biting the bullet and paying like five bucks for some VPN that I found through Reddit in order to get this telenovela that was only available on uh, oh, yeah. the, Mexican, the Mexican version of Netflix, I believe. Um, and from what I hear from people traveling abroad um, that I've talked to, like Netflix in Europe, for instance... Yeah. has a much better variety of options than like American Netflix. And it's just always constantly changing, adding new stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that would definitely be one of the use cases for it. Yeah, I think it is one of the most popular reasons people are using a, a VPN personally. And a lot of times it's actually for people that want to access U.S. content uh, internationally. And it was a few years ago now, and I'm not getting into the specifics of this because this is really in the weeds, but 
in Europe, there was something uh, passed called GDPR, which was like kind of like a something with data analytics and reporting and all websites that had any European traffic would need to adhere to this new regulation, the way data was collected, you know, in analytics platforms and stuff, right? So that, that's very technical. But what a lot of websites did in the meantime is they blocked traffic from these countries that had this law in effect. So in doing so, like, let's just say, um, you know, whatever, Denny's.com in the US, right? A website people love going to, to look at that menu and look at those burgers. Maybe there's a subsection of people in these European countries that were going to that website and they no longer can because they did not adhere to those policies quick enough and they blocked the traffic. So what they could do is get a VPN, switch that bad boy over to the US and they're going back on Denny's.com and they can see that menu even though there's probably no Denny's in their country. So that is one use case for it. Uh, but Novice, I feel like you you know a little bit in this realm. I think a lot of people get it for pretty sketchy reasons. What would you say? So, I mean, if... If this was me back in high school, you know, what I would probably try to use it for is maybe like downloading torrents. You know, yeah. I, I definitely did that when I was younger. Um, and if you still do this, you know, this this might be an option for you. I'm not necessarily suggesting it. Uh, this is definitely not any advice here. Um, but that is a route to potentially, you know, utilize, you know, peer to peer networks where you can download content for free. Uh, whether illegally or not illegally. All right. Well, you just admitted to a crime, torrenting things. No one else has ever done that. I feel I've like this is kind done. of whoa, a little whoa. bit, this is like I, a legal gray area. Is it not? I uh, torrented here, you know? Also, oh, there, yeah, there was no actual advice given. I feel like you're in the clear novice. No advice, no statement, no admission of guilt. So downloading downloading content that you would otherwise have to pay for or getting around, say, Netflix, uh, the limited options that you have in your country or restrictions on browsing in your country, what, are, yeah. what would the other use cases be? I'm going to tie it back to something Charlie said before. So um, I, honestly, I'm going to kind of move it in more of a negative end. So I, I, I think sort of having a personal VPN is overrated. Um, you know, I think some people, you know, if you, if you feel that you need to, you know, anonymize your traffic, you know, more power to you. But also at the same well, time, what, you're what are you doing, by the way, where you need to anonymize it, right? right? So it's like, okay, you know, I'm not even going to question that. Yeah, you, you know, you, you feel like you got to do this, you know, whatever. Um, but if you're doing this, then guess what? You're going to run into issues on the internet too. Like, um, you're not going to be able to use your VPN on all websites. You're going to run into problems where, you know, uh, there's issues where if you need to log into a website, let's say you're trying to get into your Gmail, guess what? There's multi-factor authentication. It's going to try to check where you're from, especially if it doesn't recognize your device. That's going to give you a problem. And in the end, let's say, you know, you want to play video games or something. You don't want to be using that too. You're going to have a lag. So ultimately, guess what? You're going to take that mask off and it doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to be able to be tracked or traced in any way. You're going to still leave some sort of trace on the internet. If you, if you do care a lot about like just anonymizing your your browsing though um there are like search engines out there that don't track right. it right is i i think i heard of one called duckduckgo where you can use yeah. that and yeah, yeah duckduckgo is uh yeah duckduckgo is essentially popular because of that feature like that's that's exactly all they, that. the only reason they're like why would you not use google bing is still used here and there especially with microsoft integration but duckduckgo 
does not have any type of user tracking. All of the ads on DuckDuckGo are purely based on what you search, not on who you are. So you will still see ads in DuckDuckGo and it's powered by Microsoft Bing. So the same type of ads you would see if you search there, but it's only based on if you type in like burgers near me, then it shows you burgers. It's like, it has nothing to do with who you are as a person, tracking cookies, et cetera. So that's why they got popular. But Gary, I I do think that people that are um, value the privacy and want to be anonymized, they're going to like something like DuckDuckGo. But novice, I, I agree with the negatives there and everything like that. But I think there are still some positives to go through that have to do with people that value that a little bit more and why they might want to. I agree. I mean, I can think of one reason why I would use it. Um, this was something I referenced in episode zero, where I like to remote into my computer using my iPad. Um, that's very great when I do that at home, uh, but I can't do it outside of my house. Uh, because if I would do that, I'd have to leave my computer vulnerable to really anyone who wants to get on my network and steal my information. So that's actually where I could get a VPN. And then let's say I'm traveling abroad and I want to get access to my computer and it's turned on. I could just jump into it, get access to whatever I need. You know, in that instance, like this example, it works. But there's so many other ways of getting access to your files, especially when you've got stuff like Google Drive, Dropbox every other cloud service, you could just host stuff there and have access to everything on the internet without worrying about you know, needing to remote in or having some sort of firewall access to keep you safe. Yeah, so I, I agree there. I think that's a big use case. But I think, so getting the use case and the functionality like kind of out of the picture here, right? Because I think for most people, there are going to be interruptions they don't realize. You know, if you turn your VPN on and you say you're in another country or another part of the US or whatever, you know, you're going to have to re-log into something that has two-factor. You're going to, it's going to think you're not in your area. Things that, you know, if you type in whatever near you and it's a different area now, that's annoying. You have to again change the settings, research it, whatever it may be. So there's some disruptions that'll happen. But I think the main reason why personal VPNs are blowing up is just this whole empowerment of controlling your data and hiding it from big companies, right? So if you have a VPN, essentially what you're doing is if you're on a public network, you know, if you're at a Starbucks or whatever it is, if you're sharing the internet with people at a workplace even, you have your personal device with you, you turn on your VPN, you are not allowing anyone else on that network to as easily find you on the network because it'll show you on a different network and hack you, so to speak, get your information, whatever that may be. If someone really wants to do this, though, like, you know, whatever, they can still get around it. You know, it, it's not like this is the the all in all solution, but it essentially it, we heard a good analogy from a colleague in office on, on VPNs where let's say like, you know, there's someone that's stealing things out of cars in a neighborhood in a parking lot. Right. If you leave your car door open instead of locking your car. And, and what's actually funny is I feel like I've met a lot of people in life that always keep their car door open and infuriates me. Like they just, they're like, oh, no one could, like anyone can just steal my stuff. Like I don't care. The same kind of goes here with VPNs. It's like, I, I think not as drastic, but essentially you're leaving the door unlocked for a potential hacker if they're looking to hack you, right? It's like, oh, you know what? I don't even have to worry about the VPN. I can just go right in. The VPN is essentially like locking the door, the car door. If the person really still wants to get in the car, they're getting in the car, they're breaking the window, they have some type of solution. 
But the VPN is exactly like that for your devices and your online traffic. At least locking the door. You're at least locking the door. But I think, too, when you're thinking about the privacy and hiding everything you're doing, uh, it'll hide it from your ISP. So if you have like Comcast, AT&T, whatever's in your area, they won't be able to track your traffic uh, as easily or if it at all. All that pay-per-view content is hidden. That's right. The Comcast will have no idea what you're paying for. Yeah, I think really it's peace of mind, right? I mean, people that are that want control over the data, you know, it's it's like with anything else, how all of these apps are, you know, or, or Facebook, for example, Apple with the privacy stuff, they're just really making it very well known that, okay, we care about your privacy. We want you to control your tracking pixels. This is how it, this works. And so VPNs are kind of just increasing use because of that, because people are more aware of it. Companies are bringing it up as a selling point for their service. So as people continue to hear that more and more, they want to learn more about it. So yeah, I, I do think one thing that we actually, actually touched on in our last episode was all the Apple updates. And they're making changes to iCloud as well. They're going to have something called iCloud Plus. And it's going to you know, change essentially everything that how iCloud works. It'll be like a paid service, you know, everything that you upload to the cloud. They're going to include in there a VPN service as well. So it'll be baked into Apple products. You know, you can have a VPN on your phone. It's not only computers and laptops and things of that nature, although it's probably more used there, I would guess. There's apps that do it and everything. But Apple will have a VPN. So they're baking it into their products. A lot of um, antivirus software is baking in. But Novice, I would say if you are looking for a VPN, um, you know, there, there's there's so many different ones that you could pick from. But like, what would you think would be like the type of approach to a take like when you're you're vetting all the options? So that's a good question. Um, so if you ever look up anything about VPNs, one of the first ones you're going to take a look at is uh, NordVPN. And it, it comes up a lot because one, it used to be very popular um, and like very well marketed, but it also got hacked. So um, kind of touching on your point there is, you, you know, users should be aware that it's not that their you know, data is fully anonymized and that no one has hands on it. Um, the service providers that are providing you with this VPN access um, are the ones who are encrypting your data, you know, making it anonymized, but they're also decrypting it. So they have access to this data. You know, a lot of times it's marketed where it is hidden, you know, at the same time, essentially there, you know, it, they do have access. They're going to say they don't have it, but they probably have it in some area. Now, one thing to be noted there is, you know, I would probably, you know, go for something that is sort of middle of the ground, not such a, something that's a very big name. It's almost kind of going tying back to your, your analogy earlier about, um, you know, going into a car to steal or going into a home to steal. Um, you know, if you're going to go to try to steal something, you're probably not going to go to try to steal something from, you know, a, a house that looks beat up. You want to go to a, a nice, bigger neighborhood that looks affluent and really plan this through. So the reason I mention that is any of these bigger service providers probably have a bigger target on their back. Now, they do have probably the resources, you know, to keep them protected. But I would probably go for something that, again, a little bit more middle of the ground. Not as many people know about it. They probably aren't going to be targeted to, you know, at least hackers themselves. And then maybe switch a provider from time to time, too, um, because anyone can, you know, essentially be targeted. That makes a lot of sense there where, you know, and I will say I do have a VPN. I bought it a while ago. There was like this cheap deal that I saw. Um, is it, Nord? I, I, it is NordVPN. Uh-oh. Um, they still are one of the more popular ones. Like while it did get hacked, 
I mean, the user interface is really nice. It's super easy. You can click whatever country you want. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it, I can see why they're up there. So if I just if I just go on and Google VPN services, um, like anything that comes up, I, I can pretty much just pick from and it's going to be fine. Or are there ones to stay away from? Are there ones that are like more reputable, like the Nord? Yeah. Um, and, and do they have different characteristics between them? Sure. So, Gary, I would say one of the things there is with VPNs, especially like if you're looking at stuff that's not ads when you're searching on Google, like the top ones probably are reputable. I would start there and like look through them and try to vet them and see if you can find reviews. One of the things I like to do whenever I'm vetting anything, a service, a product is actually type in what I'm looking for and then type in Reddit after it. And then read (laughs) through Reddit, recent Reddit threads, people talking about what they picked, why they picked it, et cetera. But I do think for this specifically with VPNs, I would prefer a more reputable company. Again, like Nafis said, like maybe like not the top brand one, even though I do have that, but that's just because there was a deal and I still have it. It was cheap as hell. But um, there are some big names, you know, like ExpressVPN is another one. Uh, NordVPN. Uh, I think there's one called CyberGhost, which has gotten pretty popular as well. Yep. But they all really kind of work the same. Yeah. I would recommend looking through, seeing what promos are out there as well. There's a lot of promotions on these. They're not as expensive as you may think. Uh, a lot of them can be as cheap as in the teens, like, you know, for a whole year. Uh, some are monthly in terms of like maybe $5 a month or something like that. It, it does range a lot depending on the promo that you find. So I, I haven't looked at the prices in a while. I remember I got a ridiculous deal on this, and that's why I got it. But uh, maybe they were just trying to get more users before they got hacked. Who knows? But anyways, yeah, I I do think it's very easy to use. Uh, I used it for gaming reasons. Uh, I was actually masking where I was playing from. Uh, it was for a very nerdy specific reason, like to make it look like I wasn't oh, no. playing from my <laughs> own computer. Because like to kind of get an advantage in a game I was playing. So were you trying uh, to play on a private server or something? Or like essentially, yeah, it was. I I I don't even want to get into it. But that's why I got it. Is this RuneScape? It's RuneScape. RuneScape, I just you know what? (laughs) Like it's yeah. I was just trying not to say it was RuneScape. I I played a lot of RuneScape over quarantine, dude. And uh, that's that that wasn't good. I you know it wasn't. I was playing way too much of it. I'm not judging. Yeah, that's right. You don't judge me on this or meditation, and I, I love that about you. That's Gary. right. I'm not judgy. I'm judging. Well, that that's to be expected in office. But I do think I, I also wanted to be uh, made aware that uh, Charlie had bought a RuneScape account uh, for money and had renamed it Nafis Ahmed, uh, so that way he could have that character to play. That is correct. I did pay twenty dollars for an already trained RuneScape account, which saved hours and hours. I renamed it to Nafis Ahmed. Uh, and then I, Nafis was also playing RuneScape at this time, by the way. So he was on there and I just randomly ran up to him in this game. Because in this game, you have a little person, like a little avatar, you run around, it's kind of social, even though there's a lot of like elements to it, medieval. And I just ran up to him because I knew where he was in the game world. And I said, hi, this just his full name there. And he has no idea I did this. It was essentially a $20 prank. Uh, and I don't even think it was worth it, but I enjoyed myself. But uh, hopefully you guys can enjoy yourself browsing anonymously now that you know about VPNs, if this is the type of stuff you care about. You know, you want to be secure. You don't want anyone looking at what you're doing. You know, the office, the office needs the this. He's going to use it. Yeah, put you put, put those on. masks on. Those digital masks. No one wants to know what you're doing. Now so basically, if I go if I go online, I pay for a VPN service monthly, and then I can basically just easily go onto their site, 
uh, and yeah. log into the VPN whenever I want and then maybe log off if I'm going to play yeah. PlayStation or something so that it's not slowing me down. Yeah, so essentially it'll be like an app that's installed on any device that you have. So NordVPN, you once you make an account, you download their app and it's on whatever computers you have, devices, etc. And yeah, you turn it on and it's it's just it's easy as a switch. And it, it actually is pretty seamless once you do it too. It, it barely takes a few seconds. But yeah, you turn it off, turn it on very quickly. Uh, there's a lot of different options that are much more technical, but really it just tells you what area the VPN will be located, where it'll look like you're from. And that's it. VPN's going. Your device that you're using is good. You can have it activated at startup if you never want to get off of the VPN, or you could just have it where you'd control it at any time. Awesome. Awesome, Charlie. Well, I think that should wrap everything up here. Uh, We went through a lot of tech news, and I just want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. Uh, We really do appreciate the support we've been receiving from everyone. It's been super motivating for all of us to, you know, try to keep pushing forward and, you know, getting better at this. So um, if you'd like to show some more support, feel free to follow us at Not To Be Technical on Instagram. Uh, Follow us on Spotify or Apple. Uh, podcast if you're more of an Apple fan and uh, definitely hit us with a review. Stay tuned for the next episode.